Welcome to a Hope Alive Church podcast, where we strive to be an authentic family of believers, where we believe everyone can encounter the living hope found only in Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy the word. The Bible says that pride cometh before a fall. So be careful gloating about your win, Pastor Brandon. One year we had a chili cook-off back in the days. And uh, I got up here with a microphone in the Lord's house and started talking about how my chili was going to win. And it was going to beat everybody's chili. The devil attacked my chili that afternoon. <laughs> Turned my chili bad. I, I, went, I went in there and the chili had spoiled. I lost bad that year. So Pastor Brandon, Pastor Andy is sitting here quiet. Be careful them quiet people. Hello, somebody. Hey, Pastor Andy, they're studying. This is going to be a great time. One more quick announcement. We, won't, we also won't have prayer here on Tuesday night, just so you know. We had almost 40 people coming last week. That number's climbing up. Let's give God praise for that. Amen. I see you. I know you might think that's just something else they do, but it's the heart of Hope Alive Church to be a house of prayer. Amen. We will not get anywhere unless we focus and prioritize prayer. Um, but this coming Tuesday night, because of the project that will be happening, you're going to see some big changes as soon as next Sunday. And so you're going to be excited about that. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you look so good this morning. Amen. Tell them, I heard you singing. Your singing is getting better. Amen. Tell them, a few months ago, you sound like a, a cat that was singing. Amen. But this morning, you sound like an angel. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord. There's so many places we could be, but we're in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Hallelujah. Go with me this morning to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We're in this series on healing habits. How many of you enjoyed last Sunday? Amen. You were here last Sunday. You enjoyed this. I want to hear from you because that is really what we want to do. We want to build up and strengthen the body. Everybody say, that's me. Amen. We want to strengthen the body of Christ, and we do that through worship, but through the Word. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 says this scripture. It's our theme scripture that we'll, we'll go through every, every week. But it says this, some of you say, I have the right to do something, to do anything. Some of you say, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is helpful. Again, some of you say, I have the right to do anything, but I will not be controlled by anything. Sean, can you help me with this little uh, ring? That's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and he's saying, not everything you do is helping you. Not everything you do, maybe there's some things that you're doing that's not a sin. Everybody hold up quotation marks and say, a, a sin. But is it helpful for you? Is it controlling you or are you controlling it? These habits are hurting us. And if we are, don't pay attention to these things, I spoke last week, they will sneak in and they will continue to progress. And before you know it, a little, a little tick, a nervous tick will become a habit. And then a habit will trigger a, 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 a behavior. A thought will trigger a behavior. And a behavior will produce a reward. And before you know it, you're stuck in a cycle 
of habits. And as we discussed last week, we are what we repeatedly do. Before you know it, they'll describe you as, or, or you may already be described as the, the guy who cusses all the time, but it might be the person who just can't control their mouth, and it might just be a person. But before you know it, it'll become an identity. So this series is meant to break the habits that hurt us. Let's say that together. I'm breaking the habits that hurt me. And I'm healing the habits and I'm building the habits that heal me. Say, I'm building the habits that heal me. So that's what we're doing. And we're talking about how to break habits that hurt us. Freedom in Christ is not an excuse to just have any old uncontrolled behavior. Freedom in Christ is not, I can do anything, say anything, just live anything, walk anywhere, talk any way. And Jesus just loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so little ones to him belong. I think it's important the body of Christ pays attention to these things. In fact, the book of Lamentations said, let's take a good look at our living. How many of you last week were here and, and something in your life rose to the top that, that applied to you? How many of you are in the room? Something, come on, raise your hand boldly, amen. Something in the room came to the top. I'm not here to talk just about alcohol and drugs and cigarettes. Maybe it's the fact that we can't keep our mouths shut. Maybe it's profanity. If you can't control it and you constantly have to be saying, oh, then you might have a problem. Maybe it's speaking curses, not only where you can hear them, but where your children can hear them. Maybe it's accusing your kids of being just like their grandpa or just like their daddy or just like their mama. Hello, somebody. And these habits... If they're not healing us, they're hurting us. And we talked about last week, if you remember, we talked about habits are found in head spaces and heart places. Talking about in our mind and in our heart. And, and the book of Proverbs says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And you are not what your words say. You are literally what your heart thinks. We talked about character. I'm recapping, but I'm making sure that we stay in context of today. We talked about how that hurt and heartache have no biblical right to be something that controls the body of Christ. And we talked about renewing our mind. I gave you a challenge, though. How many of you can, can tell the truth that you took that challenge? And this last week, you took about 60 seconds in your day some way to renew your mind. I gave you a challenge. Raise your hand. Let me see you boldly. You took time to renew your mind. What did it mean to renew your mind? To refresh your mind, to ground yourself, not in, not in uh, 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 the, the world and not in Mother Earth. We're not grounding ourselves in, in, in oh, good vibes. Hello, if you're a children, child of God, you don't have good vibes. You have good word. Hello, somebody. If you're a child of God, we ain't just giving positive vibes from the man upstairs and just rubbing our fingers together and hoping everything turns out good. No, our God is too personal for us to just give off good vibes. No, we ground ourselves. We renew our mind we wash our mind with the word hello somebody and we take every thought captive hello somebody 
And that is what the Bible told us to do in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Renew your mind. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Hello, somebody. When you became a child of God, you were not supposed to stay the same. If you still look like, talk like, walk like, hang out with the same people that you were before you became a child of God, I would challenge that transformation is not taking place like it should be. Because you're either changing them or they are pulling you back into what you used to be. You don't have to say amen on this sleep, sleep, can't get enough sleep Sunday, amen. This is the service people know how to run their clocks, amen. If, if, you, didn't, if you didn't wake up on time, you have deeper problems, amen. You still go off the, the, the oven clock, amen. You got in your car and said, oh, good Lord Almighty, what's going on here? So anyway, I, I'm talking about building holy habits. And I told you this last week, I told you. Number one, to heal, you have to hope again. Remember when I said that? I said it's important that you hope again. Everybody say that. I need to hope again. Say this. I will hope again. The Bible says in Proverbs that a just man falls seven times. He stumbles over and over again, but he hopes again. He believes again. He gets back up again. So today, take out your your notes uh, app or whatever it is and take some notes. Today, I want to talk about a second area that we find our habits. We find them in education and exposure. Now, last week, it was heart spaces and head places and things like that. But this week, I'm talking about finding some hurtful habits and some habits in the education we received and the exposure we were exposed to. Since the day you were born, listen to this, the day you were born, we immediately began being impacted and, and, and persuaded and taught what to be. You were born and, and, and as you grew up, you learned what to do. You were told your name. They told you your name. They told you how to play. They told you how to share. They told you who it was safe to love. And they told you who it was not safe to love. From the beginning of time, you were were taught something. The most formidable, the most impactful years of our lives we spent learning. The first uh, 12 some odd years plus years of our life, we started learning. We were told what to do, how to do it. Uh, We were being formed and we were being developed. And and really we have 15, at least some of us, 15 years of professional experience at being a learner. Think about this for a moment. You have been educated and taught something. We have been taught uh, 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 in all different types of directions. I, I, I remember being, a, of course, a child in school and being pulled in different directions. But my goodness, our kids nowadays are being pulled in thousands of different directions from culture, from media, from politics, from news, from social media, from fashion trends. They're being pulled and all of them are being educated. 
Now listen to me for a moment because I want to, I want, I believe that I'm supposed to this morning uncover a plan of the enemy uh, uh, because we have been way too comfortable with what people have been able to teach us. We have opened our mind and our subconscious mind. You have two minds. You have the mind that you're, you're making decisions with and then you have the unconscious, subconscious rather mind that is essentially following the trails in your life and the habits in your life and all of them are impacting us as believers. We are a triune being. God created us to be spirit, soul, and body. He created us in the flesh that we're in. Everybody pinch yourself. He made this right here. But inside of you is your spirit. Inside of you is what will live in heaven when, when we leave this place. How many you going to heaven this morning amen inside of you is a spirit that will not die that cannot be uh, uh, killed except uh, through sin sin but 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 Jesus came and conquered sin so that we could live eternally how many are you glad for eternal life and then is your soul which is made up of your mind your will and your emotions And in actuality, habits really work on our soul because they attack our mind. They attack our will. Paul said, I want to do good, but I can't. Remember? He said, when I want to do the right thing, I do the wrong thing. And when I do the wrong, when I want to, if I, if I give impulses over to my impulses, they seem to control me. Hello, somebody. And then our emotions. We were being taught and pulled into all different social dynamics. And when you think about this, we were being taught by people who were already here, who had been taught by systems that were already established before we even got here. We almost didn't stand a chance. We were taught to get up and go to work. We were taught to get up and say, yes, sir, no, sir, answer to money, answer to this, answer to all these things that are simply not, they don't all align with what's in this word. So what I'm trying to unpack here, what I'm trying to, to, to tell us here is, is, is we grow up into adults that don't quite understand our self-worth. We don't understand our purpose to its fullness unless you were raised in the house of God and somebody was equally educating you while the world was telling you you'll always be an employee and you need to rely on a government that'll pay you one day and you need to rely on somebody else to do for you. Thank God for Sunday school teachers and kids church teachers and youth pastors and people that taught young people you can be what God created you to be. Thank God for the house of faith. Let me just kick a punt here for, for raising your kids in church. You better get your kids in the house of God and get them exposed to biblical foundational teaching, not only here, but at home as well. Or else... Your children will be educated. Your daughters will find their worth on Instagram instead of Proverbs 31. Your sons will find their worth in the, in the hearts of, of society and through sexual perversions and through impulses instead of understanding the warrior that God put on the inside of your sons. Hello. We better take alert and take a time to pay attention to what is teaching us. Billboards are teaching us what to buy. Commercials are teaching us what to like. 
politics is teaching us how to separate ourselves from this one and that one and how 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 we believe is way more important a political party uh, is way more important than understanding that humanity matters more than your religious or your Republican or your Democrat or your denominational circles and cycles of education are we here today so the habits we have some of them have been taught to us some of them have been taught we have been taught to gossip because all we were exposed to was gossip we have been taught to talk negatively because we heard our mamas and daddies talk negatively about themselves we heard uh, 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 our, our daddies say at the end at five o'clock, I have to open a cold beer in order to relax. And before we knew it, we did the same because the comfort of our family circle, you didn't get to choose what family you were born into. You can choose your friends. We'll talk about that next week. But you cannot choose the family you were born into. And this circle that you were born into educated you. Are we here today? So why do we grow up as adults with confused perceptions of our purpose? Because we have been taught that you'll never be nothing but an adulterer. You'll never be nothing but a smoker. Mama smoked, grandma smoked, and before you know it, you picked it up. And because your last name and the tradition was to go outside and, and at Christmas and at Thanksgiving. And before you knew it, it is a cycle of education. And we have learned our way into a black hole of habits. And the Bible gives us the ability to learn from him. Many people are living unfulfilled lives as people they are not simply because they are taught to do so. Many people are not walking in the fullness of what God sent his son to the cross to purchase for us. Not walking in the fullness of kingdom principles and they're running day to day, punching the clock of life. Hello, somebody. Clocking in in the morning, clocking out at night. Not just as it would be fine if it was just limited to a workplace. But we take the cycle of our clock in. We have to clock in as dad and clock out as dad. And media and politics and even our peer groups steer us into formed patterns of thought and they rarely consider the thinker. We have learned our way into the things we do on a daily basis. And if you're going to get rid of bad habits, if you're going to build new habits, you're going to have to do three things. You're going to have to learn the new ones. That takes work. Say amen. But you're going to have to unlearn the bad ones. We talk a lot about learning, but this room up here has so much capacity and you're going to have to give yourself permission. And as your pastor this morning, I think I want to, I want to, I want to tell you it's okay to unlearn even some religious habits. I grew up in church. I run the risk of making my parents mad who, who are sitting right to my right. Don't look at them over here. But there are some things that religion taught us to do, and we all got into it, that we just did because we learned from somebody else. I remember I brought a friend from school to, to church one time, and we used to have Sunday night church. 
Y'all don't know nothing about Sunday night, church. Y'all are already asleep and cooking by 3 o'clock. Amen. But we used to go eat. And then go home and take a nap that just made things worse sometimes. And then come back to church on Sunday night. But once we got going on Sunday night, the Holy Spirit would move. And I'm telling you, most powerful service I remember as a young boy were on Sunday night. But I brought a friend to church on this Sunday night this time. And things cut loose. <laughs> Y'all ever brought a friend to church and you were like, can we just keep it down a little bit today? <laughs> can the bald guy in the front not be jumping around the whole time? Amen. And I remember this friend from school came to church and, and uh, uh, probably my mom or somebody was leading worship and lift your hands. And we all lifted our hands. And my friend from school just went. <laughs> my friend from school was like, what are we doing? What's happening right now? And I was like, just lift your hands and shut up. Close your eyes. Do what she's telling you to do. <laughs> he said, I feel like I'm going to the hokey pokey. Right foot in, right foot out. Turn around. Lift them up. Put them down. And he said, I'm Catholic. We stand up and down, but that's all we do. Amen. (laughs) And it's really true. We get even in churches, we have been educated into habits that we don't even know why we do them. If you don't know why you lift your hands, if you don't know why you sing and why you may see some people shout, you may see some people dance, but there is a reason. And my point is here to tell you is not only do we need to learn the good, we need to unlearn the bad. Hello, somebody. And we need to relearn some things and relearn why we lift our hands, why we shout for joy, why we praise, why we dance, why we give, why we witness, why we love our neighbor when our neighbor doesn't love us back. It's a lot easier easier to love your neighbor when you know why instead of waiting on them to love you back here's the reason why we struggle with forgiving we've not really relearned and studied and applied ourselves to understanding why forgiving is so important it's not important for them it's important that bitterness and unforgiveness and hate and resentment does not take place in our heart you will not forgive if you don't relearn forgiveness And so this education system that I'm talking about inside of this, we find a lot of habits. And today I want to challenge your routine. I want to challenge the things that you just do because you belong to the family you do. We have to take intentional thought and evaluate the things that our family taught us. We let our guard down because they were our family. But they could have been just as toxic and some of them just as used by the enemy as the enemy himself to pass on bad habits. In the Bible, they're called generational curses. I smoke because daddy smoked. And daddy smoked because grandpa smoked. I, I do this. I gossip because I heard my dad gossip. I, and, and, and these generational curses, somebody's got to stop and take authority over the bloodline. Ooh, let me say this one more time because I feel like we might miss this. Some crazy, absolutely fanatical, sold out person has to stop the bloodline and say, maybe it came to my house, but in Jesus name, it's not going to their house. Maybe drug addiction was present in my holidays, but in Jesus' name, I'm taking authority over drug addiction. It is not going to be present in my family's house. 
we get crazy about all types of things it's time the body of Christ saying bad habits stop here we need a Passover we need to apply the blood we need to paint the doorpost so that when generational curses look upon your house, those generational curses know that I can do what I want in all these other houses, but I see that house that has applied the blood. Who will apply the blood? Who will draw a line in the sand? can say I'm tired of alcohol controlling and robbing uh, my family of its peace. I'm tired of every birthday and holiday turning into a fight and drama that we take six, eight months to clean up because somebody said something in their drunken state that hurt somebody's feelings and now we cannot be, would much less agree together in prayer. We can't even share a meal together because the family curses have run rampant in our house. Somebody apply the blood. The children of Israel had to apply the blood. God told Moses, when I see the blood, the plague of death will pass over that house. That's how death, the death angel who God sent, that's how he knew where to stop death. He looked down. And on the doorposts of those homes, he saw the blood. And when the blood was applied, he skipped it. Who will heal their habits? Now this is bigger than just smoking a cigarette. Now this is bigger than I just can't control my profanity. Some people use profanity, but everybody at one time or not, if they don't get control of their cursing, everybody curses. Some even use profanity. I like to hear people saying, oh, well, they say this and they say that and all these words that indicate you use cursing too. You just might not use profanity in those statements. You're just going to be like your mom is just like calling them the B word because it's cursing either way. Y'all ain't ready for these deep conversations. And so I feel like reminding the body of Christ this morning, like the children of Israel, the children of Israel they, they came out of Egypt. You know the story. Moses went to Pharaoh. Pharaoh let my people go. No, ten plagues, all these different things. Then they finally came out of Egypt. They finally came out of Egypt. After 400 years of captivity, there were people who were born into slavery that never knew freedom. Some of us were born into families who were already enslaved in their mind enslaved in their hearts they were already captive in unforgiveness they were already generationally bitter and and you were born into that and 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 habits can do the same to us they hold us captive they trap us into a mindset they trap us into shackles and and before we know it we pass these on to generation and to generation and i'm reminded in in, in the book of numbers where where uh, they they got mad at what moses and then were saying and they got mad at the instructions hello somebody and they begin to murmur and they begin to complain and the whole community it says this in verse 2 it says we wish we had died back in slavery I have been so 
comfortable being a captive that I would rather enjoy the comfort of slavery than the faith walk of freedom. I would rather like to know where my next meal comes from than live free and have to figure it out on my own. Look what it even says in the very first four. He said, in fact, we're just going to choose another leader and we're going to go back to Egypt. How does this apply to you and me? They loved the idea of freedom when Moses came. But they found out outside of captivity, they were more comfortable with the routine. If you're going to get free from habits, you're going to have to leave the comfort, the comfort, the comfort of captivity. Many people love the idea of freedom, but captivity is comfortable. Captivity uh, uh, is all they know. Pastor Cliff, uh, smoking is all I know. Pastor Cliff, profanity, gossip, uh, pornography, uh, uh, being able and not being able to control my habit, it's all I know. And because it's all I know, instead of doing the work it takes to break it, I would rather go back to the manna or, or the, the bread and the flesh pots of Egypt. See, there they had three meals. There they had a place to lay their head. There they had a warm fire. In the wilderness, in freedom, they had to trust by a cloud by day and a fire by night. Manna from heaven to survive. Here's the problem. We don't want to do the work it takes to be free. We want it to come naturally. You have to do the work Nine times, Andy, nine times God had to tell the children of Israel. Nine times in the book of Leviticus, he said this scripture. I am the Lord your God. I brought you out of Egypt. He had to tell these fools nine times. If you tell me nine times anything, about time four, I either need to get some help or I just flat don't understand. But he had to remind them over, and I am the Lord your God. I brought you out of Egypt. I brought you. I did not want you to be slaves in Egypt anymore. And I threw off the heavy load, and I helped you walk with your head held high. Why did he have to say that to them? Because they were slaves. Because in captivity, they, <coughs> excuse me, they could not look at the Egyptians. They kept their head down. When they were told to do something, they just did it. And the Lord had to remind them, it's okay to walk upright now. He had to remind their physical stature. He had to change their habits. They had been captive for so long, though they were free, they looked like slaves. How many of us Though the sun has set us free, we go around looking like slaves. And when other people observe what you say you have, freedom in Christ, what they say, how come you're so free? But you walk around, cannot keep your mouth shut, cannot stop speaking negative. I talked to somebody one time, said, I've heard the gospel. I don't want it. 
They told me this to my own ears. I heard your gospel. And the person that told me it was such gloom and doom and despair and, and tragedy, I don't want nothing to do. It's why? Because we're spreading the light, but we're walking around like slaves. He had to remind them nine times, get your head held high. I am the one who, who has delivered you. Think about this, and I promise I'm going somewhere. 400 years, and in one day, they are now free. Generational, educational, exposed, habitual living. And they go from slave to free all in one day. You have to give yourself permission, and you have to give yourself some time, and you have to understand that relearning is something that does not happen over, overnight. Relearning is something that doesn't happen just in an instance. You have to commit to unlearning Egypt. Uh, hear me, Hope Alive Church. It's time to unlearn Egypt. It's time to unlearn the habits that we formed and found while we were captives to sin. It's time to unlearn the, the comforts of sin. It's time to unlearn the identities of sin. If you're going to unlearn Egypt, number one, you have to know and accept your new identity. You are not who you used to be. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The Bible says the old man has died and the new person is alive. You are not who you used to be. Quit letting the world tell you you're always going to be X, Y, Z and start letting the word tell you. I'm always going to be blessed. I'm always going to be his daughter. I'm always going to be his son. You are the sons and the daughters of the living God who uses his power to love and to bless you. And the enemy does not even have to work hard to discourage and deceive us because he has lied to us and told us who we are. What I told you about the education system earlier is they taught us what to do. They taught us how to do it. But they never taught us who we were. They never told us who we were. They told us who we could work to be. They told us if we did enough of this, we could be something. And we have been in an identity crisis since we walked in with our bright, shiny lunch pail to kindergarten. Are we here today? The second thing about unlearning Egypt is you have to know the authority God has given you. Do you know the authority that God has given you? The devil wants you to doubt the authority God has given you. If you have the word of God in your hand, this is all the receipt. This is the terms of conditions. This is the contract. And the reason why we don't know our power is we don't read the terms. The reason why we don't know our power is because we doubt the terms that he has given us. Body of Christ, if you're going to break habits, you're going to have to know that when you take authority over a thought, when you take authority over unforgiveness, when you take authority over a habit, when you take authority over an addiction, it has to bow at the name of Jesus, at the authority that he gave us. The second area is our exposure. 
our exposure happens through our eyes and our ears. Our eyes and our ears are spiritual access points into our soul. Our mind, our will, and our emotions. We see. When you see through the eyes, stay with me. It's okay. He's just getting comfortable. The preaching is boring. Amen. When you see into someone's eyes, you see the light of their soul. Let me give you some scripture really quick. Proverbs chapter four, my son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Don't let them out of your sight. Keep them in your heart. They are life to those who find them and health to a person's body. The light, the, 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 the words. If the words are health to our body, if his words are health, then the person who cannot control their gossiping tongue, those words are impacting our health too. Second scripture, Matthew chapter six. The eye is like a lamp for the body. And suppose your eyes are healthy, then your whole body will be full of light. But suppose your eyes can't see well, then your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light inside of you is darkness, then it is very dark. We are looking and hearing the health of our soul. All my life I grew up hearing you, you, you shouldn't be listening to secular music. A lot of my life. You shouldn't be listening to this because it can impact you. And, and my goodness, there, there is nothing more true than the fact that those things can and will impact you. Now, do I listen to secular music? I'd lie if I told you I didn't listen to nothing. But sometimes Caleb is boring. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I like to listen to some other things. And, and a lot of times I, there's favorites that I have. But I'm careful what I allow into my subconscious listening. Because the things that are just playing all the time are impacting your subconscious mind. Be careful at the things that you're staring at. Be wise at what you're allowing your children. Uh, I, I felt convicted the other day. I was watching something on TV and my 10-year-old walked in the room and it didn't even, me- I had to stop and remind myself, my 10-year-old does not need to be watching this. Now get you a pastor that'll tell you the whole truth. Amen. We don't, we have to be attentive to what we're allowing our families and even ourselves to pay attention to. We need to be conscious of what we're watching and hearing. Most habits are formed. Listen to this. I'm closing with this. As a result of what we do with our idle time. What are you doing and what are you listening to and what are you exposing yourself to? And let me just, let me give you some parental accountability. What are you allowing in your home that's exposing your children? You can stop the curse simply by not exposing your children to some of the things you were exposed to. Let's take accountability here today for a moment. We learned our way into this. We learned our way into the state of being that we're in. Not everything is an attack of the enemy. Can I preach to you for just a second? Not everything's an attack of the enemy. Some things we left the door open. And the enemy didn't have to attack. We pretty much welcomed him right on in. Some things we left the window open. Some things we swept the house clean, but we did not care for the house. And when it came back, it came back seven times stronger. 
I said, Cliff, what am I going to do? If you're going to heal, I told you last week you need to hope again. But today I want to tell you that you need to endure the challenge. Galatians chapter 6. And really verse 8 and 9 says this, but I want to focus on verse 9. It says, don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't get tired of enduring the challenge and the work that it takes to change. Because in the proper time, I love that part right there. I was telling you this this morning. I like to rush time. But the word says there's a proper time. In the proper time, you will reap if you do not lose heart. The scripture before is saying what a man sows, he'll reap. If he sows of the flesh corruption, he'll reap corruption. If he sows of the flesh, the Amplified Bible says negative or, or toxic or, or uh, 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 deadly impulses is what it says. Deadly impulses. If you sow impulses, you will reap impulses. But don't grow weary in doing well and in sowing good. I gave you a challenge to be mindful, to take control of your mind, to work, wake up every day. You take control of your things. You take control of your calendar. You take control of your, your, your dog or you take control of whatever it is. You can control a lot of things, but the devil's got us convinced we can't control our mind. If you're going to change your habits, you have to have some control. Set your mind on things above Paul said set your mind get your mind under control ground yourself and endure the work I know breaking a, a habit can be hard work I know breaking a habit seems hopeless and, and pointless at times because it seems like at, at the beginning you fall more than, you, than it works but my dad told me something when I was a young boy. He told me they can never call you a failure if you refuse to quit. If you dust yourself off and you get back up, you did not fail. If you hit rock bottom, but you find finally a place where you can go again, you did not fail. Here's the truth. God knows this system humanity will not forgive you they will not forgive me they will not forgive him they will not forgive you but if you endure what it takes a just man falls seven times but he gets back up again breaking the stronghold of bad habits takes an investment of time are you still with me today I hope you are Breaking the, breaking the stronghold of bad habits takes a willingness to be uncomfortable. We are pretty bougie with our habits. We don't like being uncomfortable. I took my kids to a hotel. Y'all, my kids are spoiled. They don't even know what it is to stay at a motel. Not even a hotel a motel how you remember the doors are outside the room and you outside is on the outside shoot I took them to a hotel that was older 
They're like, it stinks in here. Oh my God, it's so dirty in here. I saw a substance on my mirror. It was so gross. It was all this stuff. And then I reminded myself, thank God my family has been raised comfortable. I'd rather do that than be broke. Hello, somebody. I know what he's doing. He can shut up. We like our comfort. But hear me, hear me. If we are not aware, our comfort will become our captivity. If you're serious about change, you're going to have to be willing to be uncomfortable. You're going to have to be willing to have some uncomfortable conversations with yourself. If you're going to break bad habits and build new habits, Frank, who in your life? Rick, who in your life? Cynthia, who in your life can come up and say, have you been in your word? Have you been praying? You said you wanted me to hold you accountable. Who in your life will make you uncomfortable enough to say, I thought you were laying those cigarettes down. See, we, I just made some of y'all completely uncomfortable because the truth is we don't have people. Either that or we keep people at such a distance they can't hold us in, in, in accountability. Whew, I'm preaching good this morning. So are we willing to endure the challenge? Stand with me this morning. Stand with me quickly. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. You ready, Steph? Let's do it. Stand therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Christ, N-I-R-V, Christ has set us free to enjoy our freedom. So remain strong in the faith and do not let the chains of slavery hold you again. The Amplified Version, Galatians 5.1, it was for the freedom, this freedom that Christ set us free and He completely liberated us. Therefore, keep standing firm. If you hear anything I'm saying, you're going to have to factor in what it takes for you to keep standing firm. And don't subject yourself to the same yoke of slavery that He delivered you from, which you were once from. I want out of my habits, Pastor Cliff. I want out, God, the things that are keeping me from you. Well then let me tell you, you're going to have to endure the challenge to win the opportunity to go you catch yourself. You say, wait a minute. I cannot go back seven times worse to the thing that I'm finally free from. I've said two things today. Our prayer team is coming quickly. I've said two things and, I, and two things can be true at one time. Listen to me. The children of Israel, can I have your attention? The children of Israel, overnight, they were not slaves anymore. But it took them years to lose the mentality to give in to the impulses and the comforts of Egypt. Overnight, Olga, they were free. But it took them generations to say, I don't have to live like the Egyptians anymore. I'm telling you, it takes work. I'm telling you, it takes fortitude. I'm telling you, when Saturday night comes 
and you are you are impulsed or or you are you have triggered rather to give in to impulses or Friday night or Tuesday at lunch whatever it is I'm here to tell you number one hope again but number two heal by enduring the challenge don't grow weary if you do it every day you do it over and over again if today you lay down one cigarette congratulations stay laying down one cigarette do what it takes to lay down one do what it takes to stop one conversation in its tracks and endure the work that it would take close your eyes I want to pray over you father there's people in this day in this room God that just need a reminder that they can endure the challenge there's people in this room who are tired of being an Egyptian not not the not the nationality or the race or the or the demographic but they're tired of being in a mindset of captivity when you God has completely like Galatians said you have set us completely free Lord today it will take work somebody in this room says the work isn't worth it I would rather do this I'm gonna listen to the Holy Spirit somebody said I'm okay if I die this way I want to tell you you will end your life prematurely if your mindset does not change today he has a promised land you don't have to live in a slave a land of captivity Our prayer team is here. I want you to come. If we can pray with you, if we can encourage you, if we can help pray over what you're battling, today is the day to do so. Get out of your seat. Don't wait time. Don't waste time. Don't wait for somebody else to go first. Come and let us believe. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to stay up to date, be sure to follow us on all social media platforms or visit us online at myhopealive.church.